This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing word of God. Want to go? Amen. I want to talk to us a little bit this afternoon about the environment of divine progression. The environment of divine progression. The Lord said something in verse 3. He said, even when you were in the womb, I carried you. Um, the first thing we need to recognize, maybe the Lord was telling us there, is the environment of the womb actually determines the outcome of the child. And so, the moment two cells meet to form a child, thereafter, a few things are sealed in that entity that is formed that is called a child. Are you still there with me? Then that child needs to grow in the womb. Is that still clear? Now, the growth of that child in the womb will be greatly affected by the environment of that child. You agree with me? And it can be simple things like there's too much fluid or there's too little fluid. Or it could go to, if unfortunately the person is taking some substances, that the tablet the person has taken will affect the outcome of the child. You remember there's maybe the 1950s or maybe a little bit earlier when we had this issue of thalidomide. You've heard about it before. More recently, you do know that parents that take a lot of alcohol when they are pregnant, their children come out with a lot of issues. Some can be stunted, and some can actually come out drunk. Those, and it's not funny, those that actually are on some of these abusive substances like heroin or crack, you need to actually wean those children off the drugs because they actually come out as junkies. And so, it's a major management. You, you just see this child, the very thing that the mother was taking, you need to start giving the, the child, you know, might be a variant of it, a small doses of the opiate or whatever, and begin to tail it off. And practically, you know, if you cold talking with that child, that child will probably die. Cold talking with just stop it immediately. Now that tells me something about environment. That nothing happens without the fact. The knowledge of the environment determines how you will turn out. And the Bible does not spare anything about environment. In actual fact, some people could not get miracle from the Lord Jesus Christ simply because the environment was not right. That was in Matthew chapter 13. He said there, he said he could not do much miracle there because the environment at Matthew was filled with unbelief. And so the first thing we create when we come together is that we make sure we create a conducive environment from the move of God, which we have done this morning through praise. And of course, in a progressive manner, it has to be something that is continuous or else, let me leave you with this statement. Do you know as well that a person can walk, and, and all this environment thing, I call it walk, you know, it, that is in which, in which medium are you operating? Do you know it's possible for a person to walk differently from who he is? Of course, the Bible tells me somewhere that I've seen something horrible under the stars. He said, I've seen princes walking as slaves. And I've seen servants riding on. So a prince can actually walk different from who he is. So who you are is not sufficient. And so most of what I will say this morning is not just talking about who you are, but how you walk. The environment we create, which we perpetuate growth, which we perpetuate progress, which we perpetuate the power of the manifestation of God. Is somebody still on the same page with me? And so that is what we just look to just for a few minutes this morning before we begin to pray again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. I'll take just that one verse. And then I, 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 will, I will list just a few things 
that we must allow, in fact, it's going to be different as I talk to you this afternoon. Because I'll tell you the reason why it's going to be different. Because uh, you are expecting me to tell you what to do. But I will tell you that it's not what you do. I will tell you what you need to go and work upon. Let's read this first. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so, so because you have received Christ the Lord, he expects you to have change. And that you don't need any other further change, you just need to put into practice what has happened in you. Is that making sense to somebody already? Alright, so I'm not going to tell you what's a long to-do list. I'm going to tell you and encourage you to begin to function as you are. Because many a times, we don't even know who we are. We, we allow the devil to lie to us that we are not who we are. But I stand before you this afternoon in the name of Jesus. That already in you, you have been wired to walk in victory. You have been wired to move into progress. Now, but you can sit down. One can be a priest who is walking. While the servant is rising in the horse. One can choose to swap positions. One can choose to say, you know, driver, you stay behind and, um, you know, I drive you. Or you can allow yourself to be in the position the Lord has placed you. Is that making sense to somebody? So, two main areas, and it fits into us being the hand of God that we will look at this afternoon. Number one, love. And love fits into God caring for you in his hand. Or God carrying you. Number two, power. Those are the two things. Number one, love. That is God having you in his hand, caring for you. And number two, power. And so those are the two environments we need to create. Love. A few things I mentioned about it very quickly. Number one, this kind of love is the one that does not seek his own. It's an unselfish love. Do you know that nature is in many of us already? There have been times in your life when you actually don't feel like ministering to your own need, but you just want to help somebody else. You know you've got your own problem. And people are actually, you've thought yourself, have I lost it? You, you, people are, sometimes when I'm dictating prayer point, pray for yourself. You said, I've had enough of that. Something within you is well enough. Let me pray for somebody else. Do you know that is the love of God in you that's already operating? And I'm asking you this afternoon, in the name of Jesus Christ, release that love. There are people sometimes want to pray for that. They say, Pastor, to be honest with you, let's just pray for X, Y, Z. You know what is happening in you? That new nature. But if you're in this room, you have not known Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, you don't have that new nature yet. And so that may be strange unto you. And so somewhere along the line, I will give you an invitation of where you are sitting and you can say, Jesus, is it possible that someone can have his own problem? And just for some time, he will just say, leave mine alone. You know, I'm just caring for somebody else. And we got that from Jesus Christ. Who was nailed to the cross? He wasn't minding his own pain. Who left his glory in heaven to come and die for you and I? And that nature is in you. Will you begin to walk in it now? Will you, when you just remember that you should pray for somebody, despite the fact that you just got a, you know, uh, we're sorry kind of letter. And your mind just did not bother about it. You just remember somebody that's believing God in particular area of relationship or whatever, and you begin to pray. Will you just choose from today to pray for that person? Because you are creating an environment of progress for yourself. You have not lost your mind. You are only functioning the way you are. There's no way a Christian will be easily understood because we are not of this kingdom. We are not of this world. If everybody can understand you, maybe you are not born again. The day I gave my life to Christ, you know, somebody was saying, a preacher was preaching somewhere. He said when he gave his life to Christ, his soul got sold out for God. And people were wondering, they said, you know, the father was wondering, he said, the father was also a pastor. And then when when the man gave his life to Christ and he was really on fire for the Lord, he would go everywhere and preach. You know, he he was practically losing it. And so the the father was saying, well, we pray that you get born again, but not this type. (laughs) And many times, many of us, we've been through that. What is happening is that there is a new you. And I encourage you this afternoon, will you walk in that new you? You've got that unselfish love. Allow it to manifest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the scripture tells me, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, put that on the screen for us and just let's look into that if we may, please. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. 
I got the love of God in me. You have it. You have it. I say you have it. Before we leave this time, you will believe it. Because you came in with so much of, I'm not worth anything. You are worth much. The blood bought you. And it's about time you start rubbishing your own self. Do you know it's a crime? The Lord told me not too long ago that actually one of the commonest crimes we believers do is that we rubbish the handwork of God. And I, I, I know there's no crime can be worse. God has carved something. It's not finished yet. And you look at it. So when you criticize another believer, what you are doing is that you are saying, God, you are, you are an awful, you know, sculptor. You know, you, you, you don't know how to carve. What I'm seeing may not be finished, but God is working on it. And you better honor God that is working on it. And just don't, just don't talk. But this we, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the... He laid down his life for us. We also ought to... Because he set an example for us. And it should not be anything too difficult. This afternoon, we're going to put that to practice. You will pray for others. Number two, in this type of love. This love gives and it gives sacrificially too. It gives freely. And when you give freely, you create an environment in which God can move. Because in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, Proverbs eleven twenty-five, 25, uh, the old version says, the liberal soul shall be made wise. But give me the New King James Version. It's, it, it, it said, the general soul shall be made rich. The old King James said, the liberal soul shall be made fat. I love that fat. It's the soul. It's not the body, the soul, if you're afraid of fat. Okay, he said, the liberal soul shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall be what had also himself. So he said, when we give sacrificially, we create an environment for our own progress. When, when you give a smile, sometimes you've been there before. How many times have you felt like, just even not to believers, you've just been in a bus stop, you see an old person carrying bags, you want to help that person to carry the bag. It is the love of Christ in you. You, you, you see someone, you see a child, you just have a love for that person to see that little child come out of that trouble. It's the love of God in you. And I want to say to you, don't just feel like saying something nice. Don't just feel like encouraging someone. Encourage them. Because many times you have the feeling, I want to pick the phone and call brother X, Y, Z. I want to call sister this and that. Pick the phone and do it. It's God in you that is moving. And the very way the love of God is flowing freely, they cannot but move forward. Number three, very quickly. Thing that this love is. This love is passionate. This love is passionate. Are there people without passion? Have you come across people without passion before, somebody? People, they're just not passionate. Huh? Absolutely. There's nobody that's not passionate. The problem is that what are you passionate about? I know people that are very, very passionate about the souls of men. Anywhere they go, they just want to see souls saved. I know people that are very, very passionate about relieving poverty. Anywhere they go, they can use their last penny to relieve poverty. I know people that are very, very passionate about sleep. Anywhere they are, they can sleep. Some people, they are so passionate about food, by their last meal is around 1 a.m. And their first meal of the day is 6 a.m. Everyone has some passion. The only thing you need to do, and some of us are very passionate about particular soap opera on the television. That's why you have all the series recorded. May the Lord have mercy. Watch them, but don't be too passionate about them. You know the way Jesus Christ put it onto Peter in John chapter 21? He said, Peter decided to be more passionate about fishing than about Jesus. And Jesus Christ told him, he said, Peter... Do you love me more than these? That this, he was talking about that, more than these other things. It was the T-H-E-S-E. Do we really, really love Jesus more? Are you passionate about him? Is the highlight of your day, which I mentioned to you last week, is the highlight of your day something special in your relationship with God? Passion. And some people are so passionate about fashion, they know the latest. Make sure you direct your passion very well. Hallelujah. And the greatest passion that you can have is a love for the things of God. Let it drive you. Let it compel you. Let it move you. Let it be the be all of everything you do. Don't settle for anything less. 
Because this love, when we allow it to flow in our midst, progress will be automatic. Because when a fish is in the water, and the water is the right type of water, whether it's a freshwater fish or a sea kind of fish, or ocean kind of fish, it will thrive in it. So if we are dwelling in an environment of love, we will thrive in that environment. Because our God is love. And so the only way God can fill a place is love. And don't allow any animosity to come between you and anybody. In homes, fight it by all means. When, and many of you have noted that before, when you are just about to break through, that is when issues come up. It's part of the tactics of the enemy. That is when somebody will just do something that you just can't tolerate. I've learned through the years that when that's happening, I know I'm very close to a breakthrough. And what I do is that I decide to suffer full. I decide to say, yes, fine, I'm wrong, you are right. Because there's a greater good ahead. Maybe between you and spouse, maybe between you and family member, some of these fights, they are totally pointless fights. And I can surely assure you, surely, surely assure you, there's no one that is immune. The enemy can come like anything, anytime. I've shared with you before. It's easy, it's safe for me to share with you again. I went to London with my wife. We went for one of our sister's birthday parties. I never forgot. I mean, it was a very smooth sailing trip. We're going for something glorious, something beautiful. Everything was set. You know, we stayed overnight, you know, just somewhere in a hotel or whatever. I was going to go. When it was just about 12, correct me. The program was to start about 3 or whatever. And then, I think the dress code was that you should wear purple. Purple was the color. All right, so I took a white shirt, and I didn't take a tie. I can't remember what it was. If I, it was so ridiculous, I can't remember. And it was a matter of let's go. No. Where is tie? No tie. And for the first time, I can't remember the last time. My voice was raised. Her voice was raised. I, I mean, you would just believe that these are two people that have been fighting every day. The only thing was I can't remember the last time. I mean... Okay. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, I was perspiring. <laughs> and then I said, now, the devil is up to something. And I calmed down. And I look at, if I remember the story very well, she can correct me later. And she calmed down too. We barely spoke. We eventually got to the... <laughs> we eventually got there. <laughs> And in the go to our floor of it, we had a wonderful time. And then we came back. And both of us, we then said, I said, what happened? <laughs> now, one of these days, I will teach you what is called emotional intelligence. Mm, emotional intelligence is a very common thing that they talk about now. You know, there are very many people that are very naturally intelligent, but they're not emotionally intelligent. And the way you know the non-emotionally intelligent person is that this guy is an A-star candidate, first-class candidate, distinction in whatever, did his PhD in two years rather than three years, came out top of the class, and there he was, first job, went to one of the best places in the world, came out, first job, he got it, they gave him a good place. And right at that job, he just decided to start drinking heavily. And then you start saying, the common sense you had to have done this, why do you think drink can accommodate it? And then, because it's unmentioned and intelligent, he crashes it. I had a lecturer. I asked my brother later. I said, what's your ex? Because he was also my lecturer. I said, what about X, Y, Z? We knew this guy. And I've mentioned that to you before. If you smoke hard enough and long enough, the person we have cancer of the lungs. It is settled. You ask people's case cancer. There's no way. If you smoke hard enough. So don't let anybody tell you, oh, well, you know, I know somebody down the road is only smoking 20 sticks a day. Let him please increase to 60 sticks a day. And let him not stop. So this is my lecture. Very, one of the sharpest lectures. I won't mention the subject to you. We knew that it's not sufficiently emotionally intelligent. I'm just knowing that now. When I asked my brother, if you look on his face, is that, but we knew that he was going to have lung cancer and die now. And it was as if nobody mourned What is the reason? He has decided to walk different from who he's supposed to be. And that's where I'm going. And that takes you not only to be intellectually sharp, but to also have another sense that is more than book sense. There are many people without any book sense, but they've got a lot of natural wisdom. Uh, you know, some of the languages that I speak, they, they come 
from the point of view that, that you know, book sense is different from natural sense. They have a word for it. And they differentiate them. Even in very, you know, less sophisticated and book and literate society, they knew that you can have all the book sense. What I'm telling you today, relating to what I'm saying about love, is that please, from now onward, make sure you walk according to who you are. If you are a person steeped in love, will you walk in love this week? Will you tell somebody about how good God has been to you? Will you tell them that God is kind unto them? And if we do that, easily miracles will be happening. Easily. We don't need to touch anything. Easily. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. For, and continue to say, for their word, the Lord commands his blessing. Number two, power. Very quickly, we need to pray. Power. What is the first environment that we must create, brethren? Environment of love. And that kind of love must be, it must be sacrificial and it must be passionate. Not just, I love you, you know. You say, let's eat our food. You say, I, I eat it first, but I love you. If it's passionate, you say you can have it. The second part of environment that we must create is the environment of power. Hallelujah. And I think somebody was mentioning, it was uh, Brad David, he, was, he said, our divine progression will come through an environment of power. He was quoting for us Acts chapter 10, verse 38, wasn't he? He said, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and with power. Power is available for every believer. And that's, that we're here today as children of God. We're here today, power is here. And God will show his power in this place today. He's been showing it since we started. After all, if I, Jesus Christ our Lord, in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said, and you shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost is come on, and you will be witnesses unto me. In Luke chapter 24 verse 49, he actually told them they must not leave Jerusalem until they receive power. Stay there. And I'm confident in the Lord as well, that as we create an environment of power, we begin to see more of the move and power of God in the name of the Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. He said, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in power. The kingdom of God is not in word. The word is cheap. Oh, we, there's a lot of power in word if you speak the right word. But believe me, word that does not carry the power of God is useless word. I've mentioned to you before, anointing does not depend on noise. It does not. Anointing depends on what the person carries inside. I've mentioned that to you before. When you are on the parade ground and you had regimental sergeant major line the troops up, what does he do? He starts screaming on top of the... Is that not what he does? That's the limit of his power. When the general comes, what does the general do? He says, uh, men and officers, God help you say pardon. <laughs> That's God because you know he has the power. If you hear it, you just follow what others were doing. And so it is as well. I pray the Lord will take us to that point. Few words, great power. And I've told you before about the special grace. And may I also lovingly say, parents, may the Lord give us sufficient power in training our children that we don't need to shout. Uh, It is God, truly, truly, it is God that he will put sufficient authority in us. Uh, you, You probably think that yeah, I've not been parented and be shouting. It's because we don't carry it. I believe. I may be overstretching it, but that's been my... I believe so. That you pray and say, you know, some of the people say it traditionally. The elders say, he say, if I'm the one that give back to you, you are trying to say, I have a power by the virtue of blood. If I'm the one that give back to you, if I say, you must not leave this house, you must not. Let me see you leave. Now, when you say that, you are not threatening you're going to hit the child. You are not threatening you're going to call the police. What you are saying is that there's an authority in my voice that whether you like it or not, something will hold you down. The power will come to hold you down. And I pray that kind of power will be available unto us. And that is why you're going to tell demons, get out and they will go out. That's what the church is called to do. I will look at three areas in which these powers must be exercised. Hallelujah. Number one, this power, um, good. When you walk in power, let, let me write it as I put it down for you. I said, walk in power and do not love or embrace lack of it. 
You know, many people at times, we started work in power, and you can say, and do not tolerate lack of it. Many at times, we tolerate lack of power. We make excuses. My mind is made up. If I don't see God move, I know something is not right. I, I keep pressing. Oh, I, keep, I do all that I need to do. I study more, I pray more, I fast more. I trust God more, I believe more. I, I listen to people who can help me, my faith to grow. I, I can't settle for it. People have explained the power of God away. You know God does not work miracle anymore. That's why the churches were closing down. You know, in those days, the miracle, and all sorts of excuses. The simple reason is that power is not available. If power is available, you will insist, you will see exactly that the life that we live now should be according to what was in the scripture. Do not tolerate it, do not embrace it. Paul the apostle was writing to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. And he was warning him not to tolerate or to embrace lack of power in his ministry. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, what does he say? For the kingdom of God, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of and of and of those three things we've mentioned today. Power we are talking about. Love we've talked about. When I mentioned that emotional intelligence, that's sound mind. When you operate in all those three, nothing will be impossible for you. And the good news is that you have it already. If you're giving your life to Christ, and I'm meaning from the bottom of my heart, you have it locked up. Open it up and release it. Speak the word. Somebody was sharing testimony. He said she didn't have enough faith to speak the word. God convicted her in her heart that that day would be special. And she just got a partial answer. She would have gotten a full answer if she was bold enough. Now you will go into the week, you will be bold. You will say to the mountain that you should be moved and be moved to the midst of the sea. You will tell that pain, shut up. You will say, no more dryness in my life. The time of just dry sky, dry life, no fruit, nothing is ended. Begin to declare it from today before Friday. And come back on Friday and share your testimony. It is about time that we know that we cannot tolerate lack of power. There's no badge of honor in it. Number two, don't embrace it or encourage it in the life of others. If you, if you hold it together and we begin to celebrate, you know, you are weak, you have not got it, you are not helping anybody. Jesus Christ did not work like that. When the disciples, they were not working in power, in Matthew chapter 17, he came down after the month of transfiguration. And he saw them, they were supposed to heal a child, they couldn't heal the child. Right there, and it was so funny. Let me get the verse right for you. I mean, it's so funny how the Lord dealt with it. Let's read that together. That should be Matthew 17. Let's read it on verse 14. I just read quickly. Matthew 17, verse 14. Hope you can move fast with me. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, we're going very fast. So, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. Verse 16. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. All right? Then Jesus answered and said, what an encouraging leader. If any pastor says that now, wow. They will give you real bad press. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Wow. That was wrong with you. I've taught you all this power thing. I've taught you how to walk in the power. He did not encourage it in them. He could have been saying, hey, Peter, you will get there. He could have been saying, Peter, you are only human. You could have been saying, John, oh, you are just a fisherman. It takes time to turn a fisherman to a preacher. <laughs> At least you are turning up. Glory be to God. Thank Jesus. It was not like that. And that's why, brethren, challenge people around you lovingly. I do it. Challenge them. Don't, don't. If you love them, you will challenge them. Someone that doesn't love you will say, whatever you're doing is right. Daddy Gio gives a good example before. Some of you have heard the story before. Two, uh, there were, I know that college, Lesha Grammar School. And when it was mentioning that set, I tend, many of us tend to know those particular generations. Because, you know, some of our elder ones are in that. And he said there was a particular teacher in their class and a particular child in their class. Has anybody heard that story before? The story about the teacher, yes. And there was this teacher that was very, very strict on everybody. 
You know, because he believed in them, he believed, and that particular side, they did very, very well. Some of them were commissioners, some of them were top academicians, and the rest of that. Anyway, to cut the long story short, there was this boy of a rich man in their village, and I don't know the type of money they had in that place. It can't be serious money. But maybe usual measure of money is that you don't live in a bungalow that is made with clay. You live in a bungalow that is made with bricks. Uh, and, and that's all. And, it's, and upstairs, yes, it's not a bungalow. So once, so you become rich. I don't know the level of his riches, but by his own reckoning, was rich. And so the principal made a mistake one day. The boy didn't score very well in class, and the, the teacher rather flogged him and disciplined him. And the boy went home and told the father. And the father came. Now, take this contextually. This is not Britain. This story was not, did not happen in Britain. So take it within the context. And the teacher came and assaulted the teacher. So the father came and assaulted the teacher. And warned the teacher, never in your life touch my, side, my child. And the teacher apologized profusely. I will never touch your child again. And you know, the man never touched the child again. The boy will not bring book to school. The man will say, God bless you. <laughs> they will ask to do assignment. The boy will not do your homework. You say, you didn't do your homework. It is very good. <laughs> Everybody came out very well. The boy made nothing with his life. Don't encourage weakness in anybody. If you love them, you will point them to it. And when they are telling you, don't resist it yourself. There are some who are too good in resisting change. We may remain exactly where we have been all along. Don't resist change. God put people in your life so that they can help you. So the first thing is that, number one, don't tolerate powerlessness in your own life. Number two, don't tolerate in the life of others. And number three, align yourself only with people who work in genuine power of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. We'll read that one and then we'll pray. That's fine. Time is well spent. 2 Timothy Chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless, no, sorry. But now, uh, this, that in the, uh, but know this, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Please go straight to verse 5. Now, and he listed a few things that men will be. Verse 5, if we may please. And then, they will have a form of godliness, but deny what? Deny what? And from such people, People that will tell you everything and say there is no power in the gospel anymore. It is just storytelling. They are threatened by the demonstration of the power of God. He said from such, turn away. You are not the enemy, but we can't keep company together. If I approach, if I have a group of ministers or friends meeting, and all our discussion for 30 minutes is about exegesis, about the history behind the Bible passage, and everything, I wanted to know how is the application of this in our time, and how can it make the power of God available to save and to heal and to deliver? And they said, that one is dead. That's the last time you will see me in such a gathering. I will never go there again. No matter how strong I am, the simple reason is that no matter how strong you are, drip, drip, drip will change you. In actual fact, problem with walking in the wrong place or walking the wrong way is that if you keep walking as who you are, you may actually change to your wrong walk. And so stop. If, if a prince starts walking like a servant, it's a matter of time, he may become a servant. And so that is summary of what I've been telling you. If you don't walk in love, you can be sure the presence of the Lord will be lacking. If we don't walk in power on a regular basis and make that our, you look forward to church, that we're going to church today, we're going to see what God is going to do. And you're going to pray about it. We trust in God that this particular Sunday, somebody is going to be de de delivered. We trust in God that somebody is going to be healed. We trust in God that somebody who came in you is going to be saved. And when we begin to do that, we will see that power come. Rise on your feet with me and let's trust the Lord. An environment for divine progression environment of love, environment of power, and we must insist upon it. And when we do so, God will manifest his power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have just a few minutes to pray. 
I will take three prayer points in quick succession. When you are praying, there will be playing a lot of worship songs. You will be ministering to us on that. And most of our prayers today will not be personal prayers. It's going to be corporate prayers. Okay? So you will be doing one part of the work. The rest of the church will be doing another part of the work. And your side is to do the pray. Their side is to do the praising and the worship. Amen? I'm not hearing any response anywhere. Ah. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. You have not preached. I've done the preaching. You should not be tired. So one of the points is that we must be very on point. So you continue to worship. I will take this three prayer, prayer, three prayer points to us. And in a minute, one or two things the Lord has said to our hearts. And uh, hopefully we will just see God move here and do what he does best. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah means let Jehovah be praised. Amen means let it be so. So we are anticipating that God will be praised in this room today. Because of the marvelous things that he will do. Testimonies are coming in already that they will be multiplied. You will remember September 2016 as the best September ever in your life. My mind is made up. And, and, and whatever you desire, that's what you will get. And my mind is made up. I'm, I'm trusting God for that. Every month until the end of this year will be the best ever. I've started seeing signs already. Great release of power. Great deliverances. Major and mighty things that God will do in our midst. But you please, you will need to believe with me. You take the first prayer point. We ask that the Father will fill our hearts with his love. Love for him. Love for one another and love for the world. You will not say, fill my heart. I will give you, we will pray it as we normally do. We call it a confessional kind of prayer. And it's semi-liturgical. And so when we do that, what happens is that we all raise our voices. We cry to the heavens, not for yourself, but corporately for one another. And we begin to see change. You say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that we fill our hearts. The heart of every one of us, young and not so young, children and adults, fill our hearts, O oh Lord, with your love. Love for you, love for one another, love for the world. Begin this afternoon, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voices and cry out to the Lord. I believe every one of our God has graciously given us a mouth. Is gracious giving us a heart as the choir is worshiping on one side under the din of their own voice? You lift up your voice and pray passionately. Send love to this congregation, send love, oh God. Fill our hearts with your love, uncommon love, the love that is sacrificial. The love that we shall be testifying about that this person did this, this person helped me. I can't believe it. I can't believe that such a love exists amongst brethren. But we need your visitation, oh God. Send your love, oh God. Send your love, oh God. Send your love to our hearts. Fill our hearts with your love. Wheresoever we are filled with our own ways and ideas, replace it with your love, oh God. Everything that is selfish we bow, and Jesus shall be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, 
strengthen us to stand and to fight till we conquer completely. In the name of Jesus, Father, strengthen us to stand and to fight together as families, as a church, fight against unbelief, fight against fear, fight against barrenness, fight against lie of the liar, fight against sin, fight against everything that is ungodly, strengthen us, O God. We shall not wobble, we shall not fall. Strengthen us to fight against failures in our career, failures in our businesses. Because you have not called us to fail, you have called us to succeed, oh God. Is somebody pray? Is somebody pray? In the name of the Lord Jesus. Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. Somebody pray right now. Pour your spirit, oh God. In the name that's above and says strength unto us, oh God. Make us a strong people, oh God. In the name that's above all things. Make us strong, oh God. Make us strong, oh God. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. You would declare and say, In the name of Jesus, we shall not be conquered. Ah, did you hear what I said? There's only one that wants to conquer you for defeat and for destruction. That's the devil. God wants to win you over. Conquering means for destruction. Together we shall declare that thunder to pray. Say, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we declare we shall not be conquered, but we shall conquer the enemy and all his antics in our lives in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voices very quickly, very quickly. We are overcomers. We shall not be conquered. Let no one just stay there and fight. We need to fight together. We need to push together. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. By your spirit and by your grace, oh God. Oh, yes, Lord. Don't keep quiet, brothers. Don't keep quiet, sister. Declare it in confidence and in bonus. We shall not be conquered. We shall conquer, we shall conquer, we shall conquer the enemy in the name of Jesus. Thank you, rock of our salvation. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Finally, you will say, Father, let the wind of the Holy Spirit be to our back and blow us towards our destiny. In the name of Jesus, let the wind of the Holy Spirit be to our back and move us into the place the Lord has ordained. Some of you, God has ordained for you to have a glorious marriage. We have not seen it yet. God has ordained for some of you to raise godly children. We have not seen it yet. God has ordained for some of you to give birth unto children that are going to be a blessing. We have not seen it yet. God has ordained some of you to have a lot of spiritual gift to do mighty works in the kingdom. The wind of the Holy Spirit is about to blow from behind right now and move you to the place the Lord has ordained you for. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Very quickly, I want to pray for someone here. You are, I'm not talking about the fear everybody else from time to time. But you have an unusual kind of fear that when it comes, it paralyzes you. The Lord wants to deliver you. It's not natural. It's not ordinary. If you are that person, in a minute you will come forward and you will belong to another group of people. In your own case, you have come to the end of the rope. You really, really feel, I'm not talking about the occasional feeling of not able. You really, really feel you cannot continue like this. Those two categories of people come forward right now. I want to pray for you and the Lord will break the yoke over your life. It is by the word that God releases people and he will release you today. Very comfortable, very quickly. We're running out of time, right? God bless you. Keep coming, keep coming. I want another category of people to join them and I will, I will separate them very soon. You know your walk with God is not right. In fact, you even sense in your heart that you don't know Jesus. 
I want you to come forward as well. Don't go home the same today. Because all these people that I was talking to today, I know they have power in them already. And you will walk in that same power in the name of Jesus. You will walk in that power as well. So if you're in that category, I move out quickly and I just minister to people very quickly one after another. Thank you. Change the bondage. I hear the change. In the name of Jesus. 
Lord indeed. He is Lord indeed. He is Lord indeed. I command in the name of Jesus, by the authority that I have as a child of God, filled with the spirit of Jehovah, every tormenting spirit of fear, chasing after so many people in this place, let's go of everyone in the name of Jesus. You have not been given the spirit of fear. You have not been given the spirit of timidity. But you have been given the spirit of power. You have been given the spirit of love. And you have the spirit of sound mind. Operate in love from today in the name of Jesus. Operate in power from today in the name of Jesus. Operate in soundness of mind in the name of the Lord Jesus. Who is that person with crushing backache? You are there. Lift your hand. You are the one. Okay, just come forward quickly if you are the one. Hallelujah. Touch in the name of Jesus. Lord, say, I shall lay my hands on the sick and they shall recover. Go back fully recovered now. He said, I shall lay my hands on the sick and they shall recover. You go back to your sick fully recovered now. The word of the Lord has said it, it shall be so. Yes, Lord. Lift your hand to the heavens, sir. Right now, it says, when I lay my hand, you shall recover. Go back fully recovered. Totally and completely pain-free in the name of Jesus. Go back right now. Fully healed and restored. No pain ever again in the name of Jesus. Receive the touch of the Lord. You are free from that back pain. Never to be tormented again. Receive that touch and be made completely whole and free. Receive that freedom now. Now in the name of Jesus. Receive the healing touch now in the name of Jesus. Yes, the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, quicken your mortal body in the name of Jesus. Receive liberty right now and you shall be tormented by back pain no more. Yes, recover fully as the Lord has said, I will say and it will happen in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Receive that touch now and be made totally and completely whole. Receive the touch of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Go back fully and completely healed in the name of Jesus. No more torment or back pain in the name of Jesus. I command in the name that's above all, you are free now in the name of Jesus. Go back and walk in your freedom in the name of Jesus. No more torment concerning back pain in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. about to enter a new season that the Lord has said will be our season of fruitfulness. Right now I command fruit bearing in this house. Abundance of fruits. Spiritual fruits. Wonderful fruit of the spirit. Emotional fruit that is sound and beautiful. Material fruit bear right now in the name of Jesus. All famines and barrenness we declare an end unto you in the name of Jesus. Fountain of love, you will shine. Jesus on the inside of you will shine. And thousands of souls shall be drawn unto the King in the name of Jesus. Fruitful people go forth in the name of the Lord Jesus. And return with thousands of souls to the glory of the Lord. Thank you, Father. We give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' most wonderful name we are praying. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.